Summer is just about here, which means it's time to start barbecuing again. Whether you're going to the beach or having a small cookout in your yard, Charbroil has a grill to fit your needs. If you use our link, you can get a Charbroil one-burner portable grill for just over $100, and it's perfect for wherever you need to cook. It's convenient and portable, and works just as well in the backyard as it does on the go. Just go to multipleworldproductions.com sponsors, and use our link to shop all the great products Charbroil has to offer. Good evening, and welcome to 30 Minute Reviews. I am Adam. We got some fun stuff to do today. We got some WGA delays, or WGA strike-inspired delays. We have some news from a Disney investor call. And we're going to talk about uh, La La Land, because I watched that last night, and I have thoughts. Um, I did talk about it originally on Beware of Spoilers back in the day, and we'll talk about that at the end. But let's start with the WGA strike. So the Writers Guild has voted to go on strike. They've been on strike for a little over a week now. And as a result, it is causing productions to enter into delays. Um, not because the the shows aren't done. Well, those too. If the show is not done being written, then they can't go into production on it for obvious reasons. So, of these... There was, like, the announcement of, like, what is and isn't going to be delayed. So, we got Blade, which is supposed to enter... They just hired a new writer recently. Obviously, that's getting delayed. I don't know if the release date's going to get delayed. I would assume so, considering they got to, like, shoot the fucking movie entirely after they write the movie. And if that's not done yet, then I don't know how Marvel... Like, Marvel is in a weird state of flux right now because of everything going wrong with the writer's strike. I mean, going right with the writer's strike, that's the right way to put it, because the writer's strike is going to have an impact, it seems... Um, but then on top, like, if they can't move the Blade movie, they keep moving the Blade movie into these spots, and it seems like it's integral to Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, and the problem is, if that's the case, and they keep having to move it around, and, and all of that, it's going to preempt their plans in that regard, and if they don't have writers, there's nothing they can do to fill the roles, and they're just kind of stuck. So, if that's the case, Disney has a vested interest in getting this writer's strike over with quicker, um, because of how important Blade appears to be. Um, now, if Blade is going to be this, you know, this this linchpin for it, then that, that, that may promote that along. Now, they also said that Fantastic Four shouldn't be delayed. Fantastic Four should be able to proceed on schedule, assuming the strike doesn't go on for about six months, because they're not scheduled to begin photog- physical photography until they get to uh, January of next year, because the movie comes out February of the following year. Um, so they should be good as long as the writer, as long as the strike is resolved before then. At the same time, we have this issue where um, pr- things that are done are also being preempted by picket lines and Teamsters and IOPSI and other uh, guilds like SAG not being willing to cross picket lines. So shows like. Uh, Wonder Man got shut down. Wonder Man is in production currently. Uh, shows like... Um, what was the other one that's still shooting? Um, uh, Daredevil got shut down. Um, Stranger Things got preempted. Uh, Billions got preempted. Evil on Paramount Plus got uh, shut down prematurely. Entirely, because people wouldn't cross picket lines. And what we have is this situation in which... We're starting to see the ramifications of this strike. 
Um, so these things, these preemptions could have more impact um, the longer it goes on because it ends up costing them money every day. They're paying people to go there and they got to redo it. So the longer this goes on, the more likely it is the writers will get what they want, which is always good for everyone. Always side with labor, and uh, we don't have any uh, any. We don't really have too much more. We do also know that the WGA uh, is reporting that overall deals are being terminated, which I'm going to be honest. I think is also a good thing, um, because a lot of these overall deals are with uh, showrunners and stuff who are kind of institutional. Like, I don't think that the Dick Wolfs of the world are at risk of having their deals removed. I don't think that, because it's like Dick Wolf kind of owns NBC at this point, and I think FBI is even on a different network, but he's got so much cachet there that they're not going to pull that anytime soon. Um, the same goes for someone like Chuck Lore or someone like Shonda Rhimes, who have these overall development deals, and they're going to suspend the deals while this goes on to try and put some pressure on them. Um, because the, the thing with showrunners is showrunners are not... As I understand it, showrunners are not exempt from all duties because they're a hybrid producer-writer role, and they still have to do their producer roles while the strike's going on, and they're refusing, and that's what's causing this issue. Um, um, and I think that's kind of where we got to, you know, look at this, you know, kind of going. Um, so, yeah, so I think the writer strike is going to have the desired impact. I think that it seems as of right now that things are going the way that it should be going, and we'll, we'll keep it, we'll keep a phrase as it evolves, but as it stands now, it seems like we're going to be doing, you know, this, this strikes going to be going on for a while. Um, which brings us to our next topic. Um, let's see. Uh, what was the next topic? Oh, the Disney stuff today. Disney Plus is going to be ramping down production, um, which is... Again, a good thing. And that, let's get the first thing out of the way first, because I know this is going to be a talking point um, that we're going to be seeing a lot of, you know, um, chuttery on the internet about, specifically around the, the likes of uh, quartering and bounding into comics and cosmic book news and places like that that tend to not take into consideration the context for information, just the, you know, just the, the general, you know, whatever it looks like of the information. Um, one of the big things is that they lost about 4 million subscribers to Disney+. Plus, and that seems like a high number. I mean, you think about it, like, wow, why the, how the fuck did they lose 4 million subscribers? And it's like, well, let's take this into consideration. Um, at the beginning of the year, Disney+, Plus lost the rights to uh, to air whatever the National Cricket League is in, in, in India. They no longer have the rights to, to broadcast that. So they lost millions of subscribers in India alone. Um, now, is that to say that they lost a ton of subscribers in America? They don't release that information, but that's what they chalked it up to. Like, look, we, we, we had this big boon for abroad, but now we no longer have that, which is why we, we lost subscribers. And I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Now, that said, you see the big flashy headline, Disney Plus loses 4 million subscribers, and people are going to be like, oh, it's because they went woke. Oh, they went woke. It's because of the wokeness. Oh, no. Um... That's not it. It is because of a, a, a something that happened abroad. It had nothing to do with what happened in abroad. I mean, look, I'm sure there are some people who canceled their Disney Plus subscription uh, when they, you know, when they, they 
put a black person in as as Ariel in in, in you know Little Mermaid, or when they they cast Yara Shahidi as as Tinkerbell. I'm sure there are some dumbasses who did that who are like, hmm, you know, let's just take into consideration the movie's probably gonna be shit anyway. Um, and that I mean that that is what it is. That said, the. There is a realignment happening now, too, with this streaming issue. Um, when they launched Disney Plus in 2019, the world was a very different place, and it seemed like there was this gold rush in streaming. Then COVID happened, and it got even better for streaming. Now we're out of that, and now we're in what appears to be a recession, um, which is going to lead to people cutting costs, and how do you save $10 a month while you cut your streaming ser- streaming services for shit you don't want. This also isn't a situation where you can just throw in more people, uh, more content, and have it get better, especially in the middle of a writer's strike. So what's going on now is Disney Plus is going to be t- ramping. And, and the other thing is, too, it's like not only that, but also Bob Chapek was really big as CEO in the streaming market. He was really into getting Disney Plus to be competitive with Netflix. Um And, and I think that's kind of where this this issue, you know, finds itself. Where it's like he was very big on everything on streaming, Soul on streaming, Turning Red on streaming, Luca on streaming, put Pixar on streaming, and then you put you know Lightyear in theaters. Lightyear doesn't do well in theaters partially, and that's the thing too. People complain about it being woke. It's like yeah, there's one kiss that's like a fraction of a second behind a closing door that you can barely see. It's like, oh my God, there's a black person in this. God forbid. And when you look at, you know, that that wasn't the reason why that movie failed. It's because COVID got people set in a new normal. And what the new normal was, was, oh, it's a Pixar movie. It will be on Disney+. Plus. So then when this comes out, like, oh, this will be on Disney+. Plus. The real test will be if people, you know, we have the first extended um, theatrical window with, you know, Avatar, and then we have the next one with, um, with, with Quantumania, when Quantumania hits Disney+, Plus next week. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if it carries into, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Granted, also Guardians of the Galaxy is releasing into a very crowded month of May into month of June. Um... So maybe it wouldn't hurt to go to a 45-day release window for that. But the issue is they have to retrain people. And the same thing went for why did Strange World happen. Number one, they shortchanged it on the on the marketing. Like, there was almost no marketing for that movie. And I almost forgot it came out. And I saw it only because I saw it on the AMC app. Regardless of any of that, you know, that movie also did not do well either. And it because, because of also Disney+. Plus. And this is all Chapek's plan. Chapek's plan was to try and direct people to Disney Plus, get them onto Disney Plus, get people into Disney Plus. So the then what happened is you end up with Marvel Studios overloading Phase Four and Phase Five in the initial announcement. Like we have a fuck ton of Disney Plus shows coming. Star Wars is prioritizing Disney Plus over movies to the point where there was supposed to be a movie this year that's not coming out um, because they were so focused on. You know, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and and the issue became with with a lot of what came out on Disney Plus is I wouldn't say it's as bad as a good amount of what came out on Netflix, um, but it's not like when Disney Plus started with original content, The Mandalorian is something truly great. Then you get with like Willow, 
which is shit. You get the Santa Clauses, which was not good either. You get, um, what was that other one? You get, um, uh, National Treasure, which was fine, but not anything special. You get, um, what, what other shows were there that were not great? I mean, like, you know, like, the, the effects on Miss Marvel were terrible. Like, Moon Knight was just utterly forgettable. Uh, the Guardians Holiday Special looked cheap, and it's just, you have these things happening over and over and over again, and it's like, look, some of it's great, some of it's not, but it's starting to be more not than is, and that becomes a problem. So, if all that's happening, you gotta figure out where you're gonna cut back on, and once Iger took back over um, and became CEO again, the first thing he did was, I don't know if it was him or if it was someone else, but under Chapek, the distribution was decided by Disney Central, not the studios. Under Iger before, it was the stu- the studios who, who, who decided on their own how they released stuff. And the, the issue with that was they would make something for theatrical, they would make something for you know, for for streaming, and then they would be stuck with, okay, well, what do we do now? What, uh, because it's being it's being shaken up by Disney, and now it feels like once Iger took over, Marvel started spacing things out. It feels like with a corporate mandate that they had as much stuff as they did, and like it or not, they flooded the marketplace and it didn't work out. So now they're they're going to be tearing back on that, and I think that's for the best. And it's just I think this is just going to be a a system-wide version or a, a company-wide version of what Marvel Studios did on their own in terms of we're going to tear back, we're going to, we're going to peel, we're going to, you know, hold back a little bit. We're going to look at what works, what doesn't, and we're going to release things more gradually. Um, we don't need a big event series every quarter, maybe do it three times a year. It'll work out all the same. Um, and the thing is too, it's like, again, look at, the shows that have come out, do they all need to be as long as they were? No. And I think that that's kind of the right thing. And now we're looking at, you know, that issue. What I disagree with is the other thing they're going to be doing, which is they're going to be pulling, um, what's it called? They're going to be pulling content from the streaming service as it is. And I believe this means they're going to be pulling original content that was commissioned for the streaming service, which to be honest, should be a reason why the writers are striking. Because if you look at like, Things like what Warner Brothers pulled in the wake of the merger with Discovery and then being spun out, they started pulling stuff from their streamers. Why? Because they didn't want to pay residuals anymore. And if you don't want to pay residuals anymore, then it shouldn't be legal, you know, or, or the contract shouldn't allow you to, to just, you know, pull the stuff unilaterally and then just be like, okay, well, we don't have to pay you anymore. Um, and I feel like that's kind of fucked up. Like, it's not, it's not right for them to be able to do that. And I think that for Disney Plus to be doing that now, I'm not going to say it was okay. It was not okay for Warner Brothers to do it, but it's okay for Disney. It's not okay, period. Um, and I think the other thing that this vindicates is that we shouldn't have gone away from, you know, physical media. And I've been saying this for years. And I said this, I think, as recently as when we did the Detective Pikachu episode the week that uh, Super Mario came out. Um, I, I said that the... The, the issue is we have 900 streaming services now. You have Paramount+, Plus, you have Stars, you have Showtime, you have Peacock, you have Disney+, Plus, you have Hulu, you have HBO Max, you have Netflix, you have uh, um, Amazon Prime. You have all of these services, all of which have different libraries, all of which have access to different movies at any given point. The, the problem becomes, well, what if I want to watch something specific? 
and it's not something that they're making themselves, then you gotta go hunting for it. And it's like, okay, well, am I gonna, am I gonna pay $15 just to watch this movie? Am I going to expand to Hulu Plus Live TV? Because for whatever reason, Creed and Creed 2 are not available on streaming um, in late February, right before Creed comes out. They're only on TNT. You can only watch that with a $65 subscription to Hulu Plus Live TV. Am I going to make that change? And, and, and I think that that's kind of where we are with this, where it's like, why would we do all of this when we really don't have to? And at the end of the day, it's like, well, you know... It, it, we shouldn't have gone away from physical because if you want to, if I want to watch that to Pikachu, I can just go and get the DVD. Like this idea of streaming being more convenient is actually making it more difficult. The only people that's making it more convenient for are the people who own the streaming rights to things because then they can charge you to watch the stuff. You don't own anything with it. Um, and you know that DVD, if it goes off of HBO Max one day, well, I still have the DVD, and that goes for things that were on HBO Max that are no longer on there. So things like uh, close enough. Things like, um, what was the other one? Things like uh, The Witches, um, which was that Roald Dahl adaptation. They paid a lot of money to do that. They put them on HBO Max, and then under the new regime, they pulled it. And, you know, the writers, the directors, and all of that were counting on the residuals, but they don't get those now. Um, they took deferred payment in exchange for the residuals, and then they took that away, which is fucked up. Um, it would be like if you, you know, were putting away money for your retirement, you know, and then, you know, all of us or like we'll, we'll use the teacher example. Teachers don't get paid for the summer unless they elect to defer or at least in New York, unless they elect to defer part of their salary to cover their summer, which they can do. They can take less money during the year and then during the summer decide and during the summer, they'll get a regular paycheck like normal. Reduce, like they get an annual salary, but dispersed differently. They can either have it only when they're working, or they can have it over the summer, allegedly, if I remember correctly. Or just that's how they do it, where they defer it, and then they take less money each paycheck, and in exchange, over the summer, they get a regular paycheck. So all of that notwithstanding, like imagine that happened, and then it's like, okay, well, now we're not going to pay you for the summer. You're counting on that money, and you were acting in accordance with how you were getting that money, and now you're not. It's not fair um, to anyone involved. Um, well, look, there's obviously a reason they're doing it now, and it's because if the writers strike, you know, if the writers get what they want, I feel like that's definitely something they address. I seem to recall Stephen Knight, um, who was a writer on Daredevil, talking about how it's like, look, you know, this should be in there that if they're going to agree to this and they're going to agree to have it on the service, they can't um, pull it until after the residual time is over just to cut costs, because that's not how this should work. Um, and I agree with them. I don't know if that's in there, uh, in the specifics of the deal, but I feel like it should be, because, like, it is, residuals are a serious issue, especially considering how, you know, how the, 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 the job works. Um, but, yeah, um, I think that's where we'll wrap up on that. Um, um, and I think that the the only place to go now is to talk about La La Land, um, which you may remember at the 2016 or 2017, I don't know if it's like football, where it's like the year it's from. The Academy Awards, it was nominated for Best Picture. It ended up losing, but it was announced to have won after an error um, on stage. And I don't know why this movie gets as much vitriolic hate as it does, because um, I've seen a lot of just 
shit being slung at this movie since it came out, and I'm not entirely sure what it did to warrant that. It's, you know, it is a very well-made movie. I would say it's, you know, of Damien Chazelle's four movies that I've seen, um, I've seen Whiplash, I've seen this, I've seen, um, what was the other one? Um, First Man, and I've seen Babylon. I think this is his best movie. Um, the direction is on point. I think that the performances are all great, and I, I love both Ryan Gosling and, and Emma Stone in this, even if I don't like their characters very much, because I think that that's probably the weakest point of the movie, is that you have two of the most self-centered people on the planet who are going to be, uh, who, who are trying to get into a relationship with each other, and it just doesn't work out because they're both that self-centered. And then when you get to the end and we see who Emma Stone's with, it's kind of this guy who is kind of a little docile and he's kind of, you know, willing to just go along with whatever she wants, which is fine. I'm, I'm not criticizing that. But it is kind of obvious, but, you know, that these two couldn't be together because of how, you know, how self-centered they are. And the music is all great. Like, there are a bunch of, of sequences uh, where it's just choreographed within an inch of its life, and it's just all in one shot, and it's just beautiful. Um, almost like you're watching a, a stage play, and it, and it works so well. The mu Like, I, I love the music, and I think I said that already, but I just fucking love the soundtrack of this. Um, all the music they write for it feels like it fits the the motifs they're going for, which is like the old Hollywood kind of musical, and I think it does it very well here. You know what? Like this movie does what they kind of try to make Babylon into an adult version of, but it's just so much better done here, and I think that it is a it, it, it's a much better movie. Um, like I and the thing is too, it's like I'm scrolling through Netflix trying to find a movie to watch uh, for for this episode, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Book Club, and I'm like, all right. And then I see La La Land. I'm like, you know what? Let me do La La Land. I, I've wanted to rewatch it. I want to see if it holds up as well. And it, it does. It is a really well-made movie. And I think that, you know, I feel like a lot of it, the, the vitriol comes from the fact that it's a musical. And I don't know when it happened where musicals became associated with, you know, a lack of masculinity. But, you know, it is it is a very well-made movie. I would, If you haven't watched it yet, very much recommend you check it out. Because um, it, is, it is a very well... Like, Everything about it is so well done. Like that ending when they're seeing the fantasy version of their lives, and it's you know, it's so well executed. That whole that whole thing where they see everything going right, um, where it looks like you've walked onto a sound like it looks like a soundstage from an from an old Hollywood movie. It's it is everything that you would want it from. It's everything I wanted from Babylon, and quite honestly, Babylon wasn't. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good place I need to wrap up for today. Uh, our next episode, let me just consult the calendar. I think it's Fast 9. Yes, Fast 9 next week, followed by uh, The Little Mermaid, The Animated, and then Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, we have the back catalog files. We have Dead Cells coming uh, tomorrow. We have Hard Space Shipbreaker uh, the week after. Uh, we have to move that, and I think we have Super Liminals in a move up, because I think Life is Strange is no longer on Game, pa game Pass to use. Um, but we have all that stuff coming up. Um, if you're looking for new release games, we have, um, what's it called? We have Cassette Beasts, we just dropped a review of today, as well as a review of just the state of, um, anim like, uh, the, the creature collection games in general. Um, beware of spoilers. Next week, we'll have Jedi Survivor. The week after that, we'll have Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, and over on Exploring Hyperspace Lane, Josie and I will be discussing, uh, we discussed Throne Alliances in today's episode. Next week we have Tales of the Jedi. And in 30, uh, beware of spoilers for um, 
this weekend we have still the Muscle J Fox documentary. We're going to do another documentary discussion, and we're going to be doing Knights of the Zodiac. I'm not sure what day yet, but you can keep track on the website. We will keep you posted there. But until our next episode, have a great rest of your week. If you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our other shows. We have Beware of Spoilers, where we talk about new release movies. We have 30-minute reviews, where we talk about older stuff and current events in the entertainment industry. And we have Exploring Hyperspace Lanes, where every week Josie and I get together to talk about random stuff in our lives. And also, we rank and review everything Star Wars. Old stuff, new stuff, all of it. And you can find all of these shows on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Or, to get it simply, you just go to BewareOfSpoilers.com, or ExploringHyperspaceLanes.com, or 30MinuteReviews.com, and it'll redirect you right to the Spotify page. Uh, Thank you, and uh, thank you for enjoying our content.